Today is Talking with T-Bird, Catching Up with Cindy Hall is sponsored by our friends over at rockauto.com. You know, chain stores, they've got different price tiers for professional mechanics and do-it-yourselfers. RockAuto.com's prices are the same for everybody. That's reliably low. RockAuto.com offers the lowest prices possible rather than changing their prices based on what the market will bear. Like the airlines do, RockAuto.com is for everybody and doesn't require one of those memberships or account login. No. That's because rockauto.com, they're a family business serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. Go to rockauto.com to shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. They have everything from engine control modules, brake parts, tail lamps, motor oil, new carpet, you name it. Whether it's for your classic or your daily driver or your Pontiac Aztec that may or may not be cursed. Get everything in a few easy clicks delivered directly to your door. The rockauto.com's catalog is unique like you and remarkably easy to navigate. Quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle and choose the brand, specifications, and prices you prefer. And best of all, prices at rockauto.com are always reliably low and the same for professionals and do-it-yourselfers. Why spend up to twice as much for the same auto parts? Nobody would. Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or your truck. Right, Rob is a podcast in the How Did You Hear About Us box so they know that we sent you amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need at rockauto.com. If you stay here and listen, your life will never be the same. Cause we're talking with T-Bird now. And this T-Bird you cannot change. Yeah, things might get pretty strange today when we are catching back up with Cindy Hall today. A follow-up from when we talked to her a couple of weeks ago. She said, boy, do I have a story for you? And we said, all right, let's hear it. So we're following back up with Cindy Hall to hear about her trip to California from a few years back. She says that it's going to blow our minds. That's what we're here to do. And here's the woman who helps track down all the survivors every week and blows our minds. Here is Teresa T-Bird Cooper. Hey, Rob. Rob, this is a double feature. Yes. We're not just having Cindy. We've got her identical twin sister, Mindy, to back up this story. Mm-hmm. This is going to be fantastic. This is yes. going to be great. Cindy Hall and Mindy Hall. It's happening. Yes. It's happening. It is happening. And if there's not a better reason for blood versus water than Cindy and Mindy you love Hall, them. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. Yes. I mean, they're 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 beautiful. They're feisty. They're sassy. They're competitive. They're driven. Don't even get me going. Okay. There's they're just How much yes, have you been perfect. keeping up with Cindy Hall and Mindy Hall since the last time we spoke? Okay. Well, when as soon as we talked, as soon as we did the podcast with Cindy. She sent me a text and she said, oh, my gosh, I left so much out. And and then she and that's when I reached out to you. And, and she was said, and Mindy wants to, to come on with her. And I'm like, and that's when I started, you know, I already knew a lot about Cindy. I didn't know a lot about Mindy, but now I do. And they're both so interesting, so fascinating. 
so sassy, so beautiful. So we are going to have so much fun today with the two of them on the line. I'm going to call this our holiday, our holiday edition. Our holiday edition of Talking with (laughs) T-Bird, catching up with Cindy and Mindy. Okay. All right. Uh, Last we spoke that you were, you were throwing out one tree. You were getting another tree. (laughs) How many trees are you up to? No, we have not thrown the tree out yet. Um, it's still standing because it's in a stand. It's why it's still standing. So we still have it. I think it's going to make it. I think it's going to make it through. So, oh, but you're going to be happy about this. I've got good news and I've got good news. Okay, Which good, good. Uh, okay. Uh, either one. All right. Okay. The good news is I have no popcorn for this podcast. Okay, and I know you're good. happy about that because yep. you don't like me, but because in true holiday style, I actually have fruitcake. Fruitcake instead of popcorn. So you're not going to hear any noise. You're going to eat fruitcake on, on a podcast? Well, I'm just going to have it to the side just as a little holiday treat. Because well, I like to have why? a snack here for security. Oh, no. It just feels right. It just feels right. In case your blood sugar drops during the podcast? <laughs> That's right. Yes. Absolutely. This isn't so, a flight. But, we don't serve a meal over the course <laughs> of this two hours. Hey, I don't think we serve many, many meals at all yeah. on our flights. We don't right offer now, refreshments so. during this. Uh, <laughs> during- no, but but just like with the airlines, you've got to bring your own snacks along. I've got my fruitcake <laughs> no, here. This is the opposite of that. Festive. Please don't don't bring a snack. <laughs> the people at home can have a snack. All right. Well, what if I'm you choke? What if it? you choke in the middle of the podcast? Well, That's happened before. What, with me? Your fruitcake can be very dry. <laughs> uh, you must not be having the Claxton fruitcakes from Claxton, Georgia. Claxton fruitcakes. No, I'm not having that. Oh, hey, you've heard of Claxton fruitcake, right? No, That's like the no. most infamous fruitcake. I don't know what's happening here. <laughs> but I love fruitcake. Matter of fact, listen to this. I'm on my second fruitcake in December so far. <laughs> Your second piece? Myself. No, my second fruitcake. You ate a whole fruitcake and now you're on to another one? I'm on to my second fruitcake. It's only the 17th. Yes. Well, usually I've, usually I've had more than two, but I'm only into the second one. I love fruitcake. As a matter of fact, I get fruitcake. You know, you hear jokes about people giving fruitcakes as gifts and it's, you think it's a big joke. I get fruitcake as gifts for people and you can put them in the freezer. And I've got my freezer door is full of fruitcakes. So every year I could take them, bring them out, you know, thaw them out, eat them. They're still delicious. So for people that want to know, when you give that gift, you wow. put it in the freezer and it'll last forever. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Wild stuff, uh, T-Bird. Okay. Well, oh, oh, and another thing too. Yes. Oh, let me just mention this too. Remember that the, when we closed on our last podcast, you had that with, awesome with, jingle? With Nayanga. Yeah, yeah. The awesome jingle. And I asked you after we finished, I'm like, who Murph. did that jingle? And you weren't sure. You said Murph, but I looked for Murph after our podcast on Twitter and on Facebook, and I couldn't figure out who Murph was. I didn't know how to spell Murph. He reached out to me, and I've actually since actually talked to Murph on the phone. And he is Alexander Murphy. I hope he doesn't mind if I say his name, but he is at the Alex Murphy is his Twitter handle. And I love his jingle. and. I think he's going to make the jingle a little bit longer. Okay. Just a little bit. All right. We'll add that in. 
uh, the next okay. time that we talk. Also, uh, we had a great podcast with Nayanka last time out. Got a lot of great feedback. Got a lot of great f- feedback from uh, Nayanka also. She called this on Facebook a popcast. I was like, I thought that was very appropriate because you uh, you eat popcorn. Oh, you know, I thought that was an accident. No, I thought, well, you know I you... think it worked. It did. Well, I didn't even notice that, but I like that. Yeah, yeah. But no, Nayanka, uh, she uh, wrote, uh, she she loved being on the podcast, so we have to figure out something else to do with Nayanka uh, in the future. But T-Bird, before we get to Cindy and Mindy, I know you've got a sweet tooth. Let's thank our sponsor. It's Mrs. Fields. And look, we're all looking for some creative ways to give this holiday season. How are you getting creative well, with your holiday gifting, uh, I know that uh, T-Bird is making fruitcake for people, but why don't you uh, <laughs> give the gift of cookies? Because Mrs. Fields is here to help you send some extra tasty holiday cheer. Of uh, uh, T-Bird is uh, you make you make your own fruitcake? I bet that's a no, lot of work. No, 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 you don't make them. You, well, you can make them, but no, I don't make them. They're Claxton fruitcakes. But I don't want to get that confused with Miss Fields because Mrs. Fields is in a league of her own. Yes, of course, uh, that they have so many holiday cookie gift options available. Of course, it can't be Christmas without the cookies. We got the traditional snowman cookie. I've been picking at that for a couple of weeks, trying to keep my kids from uh, eating it all. So many great things over at uh, Mrs. Fields. Uh, I had some yogurt pretzels also that were incredible from Mrs. Fields, that you got a ton of people on your list, friends, family, coworkers, clients. How are you supposed to know what everybody... I don't know what anybody wants, uh, but I do know this. People like cookies. So Mrs. Fields is helping me out big time. For over 40 years, Mrs. Fields, she has made fresh-baked gourmet treats that make you go, hmm, ooey-gooey cookies, melt-in-your-mouth brownies, handcrafted confections as well, always delivered with passion, quality, and homemade deliciousness. That's how Mrs. Fields started, after all. Choose from Mrs. Fields' huge selection of holiday gift baskets, cookie tins, and spread the season's greetings we all love most. You know, the edible kind. Our listeners are going to get 20% off site-wide with promo code RHAP at mrsfields.com. Tap the microphone at the top and enter promo code RHAP for 20% off your order. That's Mrs. Fields, M-R-S-F-I-E-L-D-S dot com, promo code R-H-A-P. All right, T-Bird. We've got Cindy and Mindy ready to go. Uh, let's, let's get started. All right, here we go. Just a couple of weeks ago, Rob and I had the extreme pleasure of having a player from season 11, Guatemala, or as I mentioned then, the season of the Twins. Our guest grew up in Maysville, Kentucky, with her identical twin sister, Mindy. We learned about the passions this zookeeper has for animals, the outdoors, and of course, for Survivor, which she had applied for every season for five years. We talked to her about the car curse and that she had no regret that forwarding her car for the other players. She said, quote, giving the others a car wouldn't make them give me $1 million, end quote. She also explained that a new car was as likely in her life as a million dollars. We touched on some of the adventures she had with her 2006 Pontiac Torrent, which she actually still has in her possession today. We wanted to hear more about those adventures on her cross-country trip to L.A. in the car, 
she has said has not been a curse at all, but brought her many special memories. But this road trip down memory lane wouldn't be complete without bringing along her other half, she might even say her better half, her identical twin sister, Mindy. Her charming twin sister shares a lot of the same traits as she does and is also outdoorsy, down-to-earth, determined, and confident. While one sassy sister showed us her feisty side on Survivor, the other sister showed us her competitive and alluring side on VH1's Rock a Love Bus and was the winner of I Love Money. These two sisters are beautiful, tough, strong-willed, tenacious, and clearly afraid of nothing. Making their very first appearance together on RHAP, I introduce to you the twins that we could only hope to see on a future season of Blood vs. Water, one who spent 36 days on an island with Jeff Probst, and the other who spent about the same amount of time on a tour bus with Brett Michaels, I introduce to you the lovely Cindy and Mindy Hall. Yes. Hi, Hi everybody. Wow. That's hilarious just to even listen to. We are back. <laughs> we are back. Cindy, we missed you. Missed you guys too. Given a lot of thought to the ideas you guys brought out. And man, Took me down memory lane quite a bit. Cindy, we've never done this before. We've never done a follow-up with anybody on Talking with T-Bird, but you made such an impression on us and the listeners. We had to have you come back, and we're so excited to have Mindy here with us, too. Mindy, how, how are you? I'm good. You guys just have no idea. I'm here to make sure that Cindy tells the story as accurately as it really happened and doesn't filter anything because I was there in the middle of the night listening to her, you know, tell me where she was having, I don't know what's going to happen by sunrise. I need your help. So I was there for the like middle of the night phone calls wondering if tomorrow my sister was still going to be here on this crazy adventure to California that she took. So I'm kind of like the voice of reason of saying, listen, Tell it how it is. Okay. It was crazy. Cindy, did you get a lot of feedback after the last podcast that we did? I did. I've had quite a few people respond and message me and say that they really enjoyed uh, hearing my take on things. Not so, Danny Boatwright, um, though, right? No. That, that was kind of a shock. I was really expecting that. <laughs> um, yeah. I, I mean, there was actually going down memory lane after that podcast um it brought back so many memories and there were things that i wish i had talked about that oh. i left out okay anything you want to tell us up front before we talk about your adventure she left things out by the way yeah 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 i did well i mean first of all you guys kind of prompted even the conversation i don't know why it didn't come to mind but um you talked about jim our first boat out yes. and i discussed his injury so there's a little story about Jim's pants. <laughs> yes. Um, at some point during um, our season, there was a challenge one where the other tribe received some chocolate-covered coffee beans because oh, no. of the whole mind chocolate thing. Yeah. It was the one where they were all wrapped up in things and they got all this like excessive amounts of chocolate items. Yes. So 
later on down the road, our tribes merged. They came to uh, the Nakum camp um, eventually, um, and they brought some things with them that were left over. And they had some baskets and things. And of course, we go rummaging through their belongings at our makeshift pool, which was a wire cage sunk into a crocodile infested lake. Yes. Um, (laughs) So luxurious. So in rummaging through their belongings, we find melting chocolate in some of the containers. And it was chocolate covered coffee beans. So people get that stuff out and they're sucking the chocolate off the coffee beans and they don't want the coffee beans. So they spit them out and they're spitting them into the lake. Well, realizing that they were spitting perfectly good coffee beans into the lake, uh, quickly gathered some containers and said, before you spit them in the lake, spit them in this container. I want to save them. So we, I saved the coffee beans that people suck chocolate off of and spit into a container. I took them back to camp and I took those um, stone rolling pin and rocks that we had to grind our corn on and I ground the coffee beans and then I put them in a container and I added water and boiled it and then filtered that through Jim's pants because when he was voted out he left his pants (laughs) so I filtered them I filtered the coffee through his pants to get rid of the ground so that we could have coffee to drink yeah Jim Lynch (laughs) your pants lived on throughout Survivor Guatemala yeah, his contribution. So but, he definitely left his mark. Yes. That is not where I thought this story was going, I want to say. <laughs> so I know, Jim's pants. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So I made some coffee with Jim's pants. Jim's pants coffee. All right. It didn't taste that great, but it was good at the time. Yeah. T Bird, uh, do you have any questions for Cindy before we get started today? About about Jim's pants? About anything. No. I do. Yeah. Actually, I do want to say this. Rob, do they sound exactly alike to you? Because they sound exactly alike to me. Yeah. Well, I'm on a Zoom call, so I can see who's talking. But yeah, I definitely can see, I, I definitely could see how you would say uh, similar similar voices. But, uh, yeah. you know, we'll we'll try to, for the listeners at home, if there's any confusion about, uh, you know, who's saying something, we'll tell you. Okay. Keep me straight. Yes. Don't let him fool me with a twin thing. Okay. All right. <laughs> and Mindy, whose dog is that? That's my dog. Yes. This is Griffin. Griffin. That's another one of my That's another thing Cindy got me into. Dogs? <laughs> no, I mean, I've always loved dogs and all animals, really. But a couple of weeks ago, Cindy saw this dog on Facebook in our hometown of Maysville. And I always send her photos constantly of scruffy dogs and say, oh, isn't he cute? Look at this guy. Mm-hmm. I want him. I want him. Never really thinking I want to get any of them. But this one guy crossed her path and she was like, okay, so listen, I actually think this might be your dog. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Scruffy dog. He's cute. She's like, no, he's different. He's special. We have to go get him. So <laughs> last month we flew yeah. to Cincinnati, Ohio, got the dog, rented a car and drove him home. You flew, you flew to Cincinnati for Griffin. Yeah, yes. in COVID, I took the I took a risk and it, it was awful. Took a plane and we had a friend who uh, picked him up from the shelter for us and fostered him for two weeks so we could get to him and drove him uh, down to Florida. Him. We drove him home. Yeah, there he is. Aww. And he's the best. Wow. And I love That's him a- more than I could have ever imagined. And he's perfect. Yeah. And he's Cindy, you can just tell from the picture of an animal, okay, this one is she special. Said, yeah. She said, there's something. He's different. And wow. I just know it. And she was right. And the thing is, I take him to work with me. And I work in a boutique here in Naples. 
and every customer comes in, even people who are so straight laced and don't seem like they are even going to engage in a conversation, they even completely lose it and say that he is special. Mm-hmm. Like people, that's what they all, everybody says about Griffin. He's special. So Mindy, what kind of dog is he? Who knows? He looks like a, he looks like a cross between Benji and the dog from the never ending story. Like <laughs> Falcor. Falcor. Yeah. yeah, he's a big yeah. dog. Yeah. If you took Benji and you mixed him with Made Falcor, him giant. you might yeah. get Griffin. Yeah. <laughs> his head's too big for his body and his body's super long. Don't tell him that. Mm-hmm. He's Sensitive. Mindy, do you have other animals? Do you have other animals other than Griffin that Cindy's talked you into getting? Cindy, <laughs> I was responsible for the cat too. Listen, there was a, hur- a supposed hurricane approaching like five years ago. <laughs> it into a tropical storm, but before it was downgraded, it rained horrifically for days on end. And we were going through a Walmart parking lot. Cindy needed tires. And she was like, hold on, there's an injured bird. I have to go make sure it's okay. So she rolls over in this parking lot to make sure this bird is okay. And it hops under a car. And I'm like, where is she? It's been 10 minutes. Why isn't she coming back? And I get out of the car and she's motioning, get over here. It's the kitten. We're getting it. I'm like, wait, we're getting it. No, you're getting it. We're going to save it. And then we'll take it to a rescue. Yeah. It lives with me. Yeah. (laughs) It's here. <laughs> yeah. I went so inside you're another- to get my tires. I went indoors to get my tires taken care of and came back and she's like, we have a problem. She takes really good pictures and she's already on Instagram. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Every animal in our family somehow is connected to Cindy. Makes sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Listen, I know people say like, oh, this person kind of always finds animals, blah, blah, blah. No, there's some freaking witch doctory, I don't know, shaman going on with my sister. Like you have a the power. animals and Cindy, like they talk the same language. I'm not even kidding. It's not true. It's not true, Cindy says. Okay. I mean sometimes, but not always. Not always. All right. So Cindy, could you set the stage for us of uh what what happened to you? You were you were in California or you were going to California? Oh, I was I planned it. I mean I on purpose went to California. Yeah. With no plan whatsoever. She went to California with no plan on purpose. And why? Because Mindy was in California? No. You she were here. was in Ohio. Oh, you're, okay, you're in Ohio. Okay. Yeah, I was living in Cincinnati. Okay. And she got this idea in her head that she wanted to work at the almighty San Diego Zoo. She wanted to know, you know, in Zoo World, San Diego is considered like, you know, yeah. a restaurant. Yeah. So she wanted to know what it was like. The she big was like, I don't time. know, I just feel like I can't rest till I know what it's like to work at like the zoo. Mm. Well, I mean, I, I was at a point in my career where I wanted to know what it was like to work at another zoo because I'd been at the same facility for a long time. And I wasn't just going to go to another zoo to learn what it was like to work at another zoo. I was going to go to the zoo. San Diego just so happened it was over 3,000 miles away yeah and it also and just so happened that she had no plan whatsoever most, I had people plan. Would, most people would say I've interviewed I have a position I know where I'm going to live and you know plan it all out nope just pack everything Look, up and head to California this is a classic story it just so happens that usually it's people going to a different California city of uh, Los Angeles of like hey I'm, I'm gonna go to Hollywood and make it. Instead, yeah. this is I'm going to go to San Diego to make it in, in the in the zoo world. In the zoo world, San Diego is LA. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, 
So, um, I mean, I kind of did have a plan. It wasn't just complete reckless abandon. However. No, it was. It was complete reckless <laughs> abandon. I didn't know anyone, like, other than some association in L.A. because of Survivor. But, uh, you know, no strong relationship there. And what year is this? This was 2010. 2010. And then, and Mindy, had you already done your show? I had done one, filmed the second one, and had not aired yet. Okay. Uh, yeah. No, because I had to yeah. bring you yeah. to California yeah. to yeah. finale. True. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. 2010. Good year. Yeah. Yeah. What time of year so, is it? Uh, it was July. Okay. Um. So since I was on Survivor, I mean, coming home and the whole losing my job at the zoo, I needed kind of something to attach myself to and had always wanted to learn about horses. Didn't have one, but was born in Lexington, Kentucky, grew up, you know, wanting to somehow Horse learn capital about of the world. The- right. So um, needing something to keep my mind in my mind busy and my hands busy and be outdoors. I answered an ad from the paper because in 2010, we still, (laughs) no, it wasn't Craigslist. It was a newspaper ad actually (laughs) to um, help out at a horse barn, a a boarding stable. So I ended up getting that job and learning about horses and the owner of the property for my following birthday gave me a horse that she had rescued from animal control. So that's how I ended up with a horse. And then later on down the road, I ended up with two horses. So now I have horses and a tortoise and four cats. And at the time, some guinea pigs and lizards and snakes. (laughs) So I needed to, um, I decided, uh, I'd gone back to the zoo and I had decided that the environment was such that I needed to know what it was like to work at another zoo. And I was going to San Diego um, I kind of sold off as many things as I could that had value to have some money to make the trip. Canoe. Yeah, I had a canoe. I had a canoe and um, a motorcycle and, you know, some random things. Cindy, was that the canoe that you actually got to work each day with? You took the canoe, right, to work? Yeah, that was, that was the canoe. It was the canoe. Yeah. Okay, you sold your transportation, your work transportation. Okay, go ahead. That's what they say. Sell that canoe, and then you you it, can't go back. Then you've you've it made the decision. Uh, it needed to happen <laughs> so that I could pursue this endeavor. Uh, so I did find what I thought was reputable uh, transportation for the horses um, to to be trailered to California. And so um, you didn't do it yourself. You got that. You arranged transportation for you were going to meet up with the horses. In yeah, California. Um, and this went on for quite a while. She was really trying to make sure she had the best option available. She wanted to make sure that the transportation she chose was the best possible scenario because her horses were like everything to her. Yeah. Like it was so important. And she'd heard home- so many horror stories that she's like, no, I'm not going to be that. Person. I'm going to pick the right transporter. I'll make sure that this is super secure and this is the right decision. Okay. So, it was like interviewing babysitters or nannies or something. Like she was so adamant. I picked the right one. I also had discussed boarding options with multiple facilities in the area that seemed an ideal landing place and chose a place that had 
um, been there for a long time, was a family operation. We had multiple discussions about the special needs of my animals, the type of food they would need when I got there. I mean, months of planning. I did not just go with reckless abandon. I just didn't have a job and didn't know anyone and didn't have a place to live. Mm -hmm. But the rest of it, I planned. (laughs) It was complete reckless abandon. No job, nowhere to live, no plan. But the horses were cared for. Yeah. (laughs) Yes. Yes. I wasn't. No preliminary work. Wasn't going to just take my animals to a place where I wasn't going to be able to provide for them effectively. I mean, I had a plan for them. Yeah. Cindy, I see the genius in this because you're going to show up to the zoo and they say, well, what qualifications do you have? And you say, look at all these animals that I've brought with me across the country. Okay. Well, my theory was I would be more marketable to the zoo if I was already there rather than, oh, I have the job. Hang on. I'm going to need a couple of months to haul all of these Mm -hmm. animals across the country and get settled. I'll get back to you. I mean... If I want to get hired at the San Diego Zoo, strike while the iron's hot. If they have an opening and they offer it to you, be ready to start tomorrow. But did they have an opening? I don't know. Yeah, they did she didn't even didn't. know. That's my point. She didn't even know if there was a job available. I'm going to go and they'll hire me. The okay. next job available will be mine. <laughs> Not that there was one available. Just if they're ever, they'll hire me at some point. Mm-hmm. That's a good idea. It was kind of like when she said she was going to be on Survivor and like, there's thousands and, and thousands, thousands of people. And it wasn't like if I get on Survivor or, hey, I'd like to get on Survivor. I'm telling you guys, for five years, the conversation started every single time that you talk to Cindy with, well, after I'm on Survivor. Mm-hmm. And we're thinking, uh, probably time to give up that pipe dream. Like, Never. when is she going to stop saying, Guess well, not. when I'm on Survivor? It wasn't if I get on. It was basically... It's only a matter of time before they put me on that. And then we'll do this. Mm-hmm. Everything was after I'm on survival. So it was kind of like this San Diego situation. Well, when I get there, they'll hire me. Yeah. Like, All right, so, okay, so Mindy, sure. Mindy. So let me so let me just say this. Well, you know you have to manifest what you want for sure. But all this time with her with Survivor, did you help her with her videos or did you just say, Yeah, yeah, whatever, Cindy? Did you yeah. encourage her? Even, um, I wasn't with her. I didn't live in, I was, you know, in Cincinnati, I was thousands of miles away. So I had nothing to do with it other than me telling you about all of, yeah, she would tell me. And my advice was always like, don't script anything. Just be who you are. Mm -hmm. I'm telling you guys, she's really entertaining when, when nobody's paying attention. This is one of the most entertaining people I've ever been around. And I've been around some crazy people. (laughs) Yeah. Are you calling me crazy? No, no, she's not crazy at all. She's very entertaining. Okay. So, all right. So, Cindy, you have everything set up. The horses are going to San Diego. Yep. You're gonna, you're gonna, you're gonna drive. Then what happened? So we were um, actually going to follow the horse transport trailer, um, and we were set to actually land just outside of Santa Barbara um, at a really nice, seemed to be a really nice facility. So they came to pick the horses up. We set off. Um, we had our first stop. Uh, and just outside of New Orleans, um, Louisiana, probably about 15 hours uh, into the trip. Everything seemed okay. Um, we set off, I think, two days later, and we stopped in San Antonio because the transporter had a family member there. So we overnighted in San Antonio. Well, I feel like and I should get a map we, out. Get a map out? Yeah, I'm going to look this up. Uh, follow along. Okay. Okay, San so Antonio. Stop, 
when they would stop, they had to stop at um, places that had horse boarding. Of yeah. Course. Mm-hmm. yeah, we stopped at places to you know keep the horses in a stable overnight so they could get out and stretch their legs, take a break, not be on the trailer. Uh, mind you, one of my horses was a little on the aged side, so I wanted to be extra careful with her. So, yeah, they would overnight. So they overnighted in uh, KOA campgrounds always. In, in Lew- no, they weren't KOA You were always calling me. That was on the way home. Okay, never mind. <laughs> so we overnighted the first night in Louisiana at a stable and then San Antonio at a private stable. And then we left San and Antonio. You're making good time home. to get from New Orleans yeah. to uh, San Antonio. Yeah, we did. Things were going okay. Um, and then we left San Antonio. We had a flat tire, so we got delayed one day. We had a flat tire. The trailer had a flat tire. Uh, mm-hmm. Fixed that and set off. You know, Ideally, we were going to stop in Arizona, which was quite a stretch from San Antonio. But mm-hmm. I knew that the temperatures would be very hot there. And it would be a good idea to you stop. You should cut and through Mexico. That'll be uh, shorter. Well, <laughs> we followed 10 all the way oh, okay. across, so we didn't get off on any random roads other than exits to, to take a break. Um, nonetheless, uh, we left San Antonio and didn't stop. Um, I made multiple attempts to convince the transporter to stop in Arizona and get the horses off the trailer, let them find some shade and some water and take a break. It was very hot, triple digits. And I was concerned. It has been been a long time. Well, you said it was uh, July. Now you are traveling through. This is like in the Oregon Trail uh, that you're traveling now through the Southwest, through desert now in the middle of July. Yeah. Yeah. Little Pontiac Corn was chugging along, pulling a U-Haul, mind you. And uh, I think probably that U-Haul might have been a little bit bigger than it should have been mm-hmm. for the torrent. But that's what they told us. It would it yeah. would be okay at the U-Haul place. So we did. Um, so, uh, yeah, I, I asked the guy to stop and he didn't want to stop. He wanted to get to California. Um, we were climbing some elevations through desert uh, on the way towards Yuma. We're trying to... We were traveling up towards Yuma, and I watched the temperature on in the car get higher and higher. And then actually, the car was overheating. And all I could think the whole time was the horses are just ahead of us, and they must just be blazing hot. Um, so I finally got the guy to stop at a gas station in literally like the middle of nowhere. And I went inside and got some room temperature water to pour over the horses to try to cool them off. Uh, when you stepped out of the car in Yuma, Arizona at that time of year, it feels like you opened the door to an oven. Yeah. The heat hits you in the face. Ugh. So I poured water over the horses and it evaporated instantly. It didn't seem to offer them any relief. So kind of out of luck and just needed to get to a cooler climate as soon as possible. So they didn't want to stop an overnight anywhere and kept going. Um, would you say this is when things start to go awry? Probably. Things haven't even gone awry yet. Uh, no, I just was very concerned that I had an older horse who had been on the trailer for so many hours yeah. and extreme heat that um, that was a concern. That's, Cindy, that's a so they're not even taking breaks at nighttime? There's... No, we drove nonstop. Nonstop. How many hours? 
ended up being 36 hours nonstop that we drove before we got to what was supposed to be the boarding facility that I had researched. And that was right outside of Santa Barbara, just north of Santa Barbara in, in the hills. How many hours on average do horses stay on trailers? Well, it depends on how many hours a horse will stay on the trailer. Um, because she was an older horse, I didn't want her to be on a trailer for more than 24 hours. Mm-hmm. But, um, I mean, it depends if it's, you know, a really nice high-end trailer and it's an average um, health horse that they can go for longer periods of time. But that wasn't the case here. So we... uh it's the middle of the night, kind of, I don't know, it's dark by the time we got to the said location. The transporter told me that the address I had given him did not come up on his GPS and didn't exist. Um, I insisted that it did, and we kept um, we kept driving and actually found the place. It was very remote. It was up a very windy, twisty mountain road. Um, there appeared to be no one residing at the facility, horse or human. Um, I did find a trailer in the distance with a porch light on and heard a dog barking, but no one was around. Um, earlier in the day, I had contacted the facility and let them know that I was, uh, well, it was earlier the day before. I was leaving San Antonio. This was my ETA. We get to Arizona. Again, I messaged them. This is my ETA. No response. Um, I get to California, I call, uh, no response. I email, no response. I call, no response. Every hour on the hour, I'm calling the place and no one's responding. So I'm really kind of worried at this point. But I'd been talking to them for a long time. I knew this boarding facility existed. I just would get there. Surely to goodness, there would be a human there that could assist me. They're expecting me. Um, So when I got there, there appeared to be no one there. And I'm not sure if anyone had been there for a very long time. Uh, So I didn't feel like this was a good idea after 36 hours of a trip to take the horses off the trailer and leave them in a place where I I don't even know if this is a real place. Um, And and if I were left there, I mean, what would I do with them and how would I get them out of there if it wasn't safe? So I asked the transporter, if I paid him additional money, would you leave them on the trailer until the sun comes up so we can get our bearings and figure out what's happening here? And he said no. Um, His attitude changed instantly. He was getting out of California that night, and he was not going to take my horses anywhere else. So after... A lot of convincing, he said, if you find a place to take them in a short distance, I will take them there, but that's it. And I said, well, I don't even have a phone signal here. I don't know what you expect me to do. He finally got a signal and he found a place that was a guest ranch and it was right outside of Santa Barbara on the other side near a town called Santa Inez. And it was in the Los Padres National Forest, but it was a guest ranch and it was a national forest. And so I thought, well, there's got to be a human somewhere around there it's a legit place so i said okay i'll go with that now santa barbara is not near san diego right yeah that's like a four-hour drive from san diego to santa barbara right Uh, i feel like it's like a hundred miles north but i'm i I don't okay yeah with traffic sure and cindy so the gentleman seemed like i'm gonna say this in a nice way it sounded like he was finished with you he had had enough so 
Yeah. I'm curious. Did you have a lot of, did you have a lot of various conflicts and shouting matches with him? Maybe along the way, kind of like on Survivor. Did that happen where he just had had enough and just had to get you and those horses out of there? No, I actually was really nice to him because he had my precious cargo. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't have uh, any harsh words at all um, with him until this point, which kind of Jekyll and Hyde kind of said. It really was Jekyll and <laughs> yeah. Hyde. It really threw me for a loop because here I am in dire straits and this person suddenly become a completely different human, and like super bad. Cindy, how many days have you been awake now at this point? Well, I mean, close to two days because I, I mean, it'd been 36 hours since we left San Antonio. Yeah. Yeah, it it was pretty rough. Um, I get a call in the middle of the night and I just think, am I dreaming? Like, am I, is this what she's telling me? Because this doesn't even make any sense. Last time I talked to her, everything's fine. And this guy's literally just turned into a. I don't know, some crazy person out of nowhere. Well, I'm like, what do you mean you're outside of... Yeah, I think I actually called her when we left the, the first place heading to the guest ranch um, to let her know what was going down because it was probably going to be like 2 o'clock in the morning when we got to the guest ranch. Okay. Um, if it even existed, I didn't know. I had no idea where I was, you know, other than I was somewhere on the coast near Santa Barbara. So we followed him because he said he knew how to get there. And uh, we got, I don't know how far, but he was driving very fast, which really worried me considering that my older horse was in the trailer after all of this time. So he started driving like a maniac. He drove so fast that at some point I saw his taillights and I didn't see them again. So we get um, into like the Los Padres National Forest to go to this guest ranch. And that road literally was like, Wiley Coyote cartoon roller coaster mountain tiny road where when you go around turns there's no guardrail and rocks are crumbling down the side of the cliff. Yeah. And somewhere on that road is my horses and I have to drive it with a U-Haul behind the torrent with a tortoise. With a, I mean literally a cat. Everything I cared about in my entire life besides my sister was in that trailer in my car. They, my, my pets and my horses were right there in the Pontiac Torrent. Yep, Pontiac Torrent. <laughs> okay. So um, after, gosh, I swear, I think it was like three hours. Um, I had like a really sketchy signal in that canyon. Every once in a while, I would see bars on my phone and then they would disappear. So I would try to connect a call to the transporter to find out where he was. And I wouldn't be able to hold the call and lose it. Um. So at one point, um, and I I guess I left a part of the story out. Someone was with me. I completely left that part out. I totally left this part out. She drove to California, not by herself. Oh, yeah. I wasn't by myself. Okay. Who were you with? She took somebody with her, which is part of the story. That would also be a whole other podcast. (laughs) Have you ever watched the movie Catch Me If You Can? Yes. Leonardo DiCaprio? No, not him, but... Tom right. Hanks? Uh, Abigail. I swear they made that movie off of this person that she was with. Hmm. So I met a random stranger before this endeavor who... She didn't meet a random stranger. Yes, I did. I didn't know him before he was a stranger. Okay, just continue. So I met someone who thought there would be novelty in moving to California 
and agreed to do it with me with all of my animals. She met somebody on Facebook. They went on one day. Facebook. Facebook. What was it? MySpace? Yeah, it was. She met somebody on MySpace and they moved their entire life across the country, Florida from California, after meeting her one time. One time. And they moved their entire existence across the country. You met a man and and they went on one date with. Yeah, he wanted to move to California also. Yes, but he came from there. He moved his whole existence from Washington State to come be with her after meeting her one time. Wow. <laughs> Who does that unless they have nothing to leave? No, right? that's maybe that, that's romantic, right, T Bird? No, that's, that's romantic. Mindy, Mindy, wait a minute. Weren't, didn't you travel on a bus with some strangers? Kind of the same thing, maybe. <laughs> yeah, but I had a safety net. This she, had a, she had a production crew to yeah. save her. Okay, 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 okay. So when you, but Mindy, when you this say catch me, life. catch me if you can, you feel like that this this person is sort of like a like a scammer, like uh, Leonardo DiCaprio in that All movie. All I know is if you go on a date with somebody, like one date that you meet on MySpace, <laughs> and they move their entire existence across the country to be with you after seeing you for like a twenty four hour period. You got a question. What are you running from? Hey, I watched 90 no. Day Fiance. I've seen crazier <laughs> things than that. But no, my sister tells me I'm just jealous because a rock star broke my heart on I National Oh. Okay. I would yeah. never say that. Anyway, I she did say it. She yeah. said it. No. Okay. But I forgave her like five minutes later. Yes. Is that a handsome guy, Cindy? <laughs> no, he was not handsome. He oh. was an idiot. He's charming, though. No. Anyway, so he comes to Florida and then they decide they're going to move to California okay. and this guy goes with her, which I was already like, this is going to go wrong because you got this guy with you and he's not to be trusted. So, um, he's good at everything. He knows everything. Whoa. He's highly intelligent. He knows every topic that you talk about. And he's the expert at it. There's nothing he doesn't know better than everybody else. Like the guy was very intelligent and really swarthy. Swarthy, like a pirate. Yeah, yeah like <laughs> no, swarthy didn't look like a pirate. <laughs> Nobody wait, knows wait. this many things about this many subjects and is like an expert in all of them. Well, what was his profession that he was moving around so much? He didn't have one or an address for that matter. So there's that. Oh, okay. he did. All right, um, but did he love the horses too, Cindy? Yeah, yeah, he liked horses. He liked animals. Okay. Yeah, he did. And that probably was, you know, the draw for me. So, Cindy, what did the, can we give this guy a name, even if it's not his real name? <laughs> well, I mean, on the movie, his name's Frank. Okay. All right. <laughs> Frank. Uh, Frank. It's a popular so name. Frank. Yeah. So, Frank, did, what was Frank doing during this whole 36 hour adventure drive? So, he kind of acted like it was no big deal at all. No big deal. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's it's going to be fine. I mean, I guess if you spend your life uh, on the run, <laughs> on the run, it isn't a big deal. <laughs> but so we're in this canyon, not to go back to the story. And he was driving at the time and he slammed on the brakes of the torrent. Yeah. And it's literally pitch black and the roads are straight up or straight down and curving. There's nothing level about the situation. He slams on the brakes and I say, what's wrong? He was like, something doesn't feel right. 
So I'm like, what do you mean? He's like, I don't know. Get out of the car and look. So I get out. And somebody in this national forest failed earlier in the day to close those big metal yellow arms that um, close the road off to boat ramps to water access. Okay. And we were literally inches from the river. Inches from the water on yeah. a boat ramp in the middle of the night in pitch darkness. So he naturally would want to reverse the vehicle and get off the ramp. He tried and the tires wouldn't grip. They were spinning and smoking and spinning. And he said the emergency brake and because the U-Haul was attached to the vehicle, it literally was like on cartoons where it's edging and squeaking further and further. Just inching into the water. Oh, no. So the windows were down. I was behind the car. <laughs> I was yelling and directing and trying to help him get the car off the ramp and not go into the river. Somehow, some way, he got some traction and got backed off of that ramp. Ran over a stop sign in the meantime with the U-Haul, but we got off the ramp. So I get back in the car like, oh, whew, what a relief. Where are the horses? No, I don't know where the horses are still at this point. Um, so we get in the car and all of a sudden I think, well, something's not right now. Somebody's missing. And that someone is Tom, my cat, who I adored like a human child who I had had and rescued for years and years. He was not in the car. The cat got so out of the I, car. He must've jumped out of the And if I had to, if I ventured to say this may be Possibly one of her most beloved pets ever. Yeah, okay. I don't think that'd be a stretch. Like, yeah. Mm-hmm. He was important. He wasn't no. just a cat. He was important. He was important. So I get out of the car again and I'm thinking he's out here somewhere. And I call him and I hear him. He was a vocal cat. I can hear him meowing in the distance. So I wander in that direction and you literally cannot see your hand in front of your face. I follow his meowing. It leads me up an incline. Apparently, I'm in a mountainous area because I started moving up following him and I was running into trees and boulders and just following his meows. So Frank followed me (laughs) at some point because he was behind me and he um, said, oh, my gosh, my phone's ringing. He got a signal and his phone was ringing and it was the horse transporter. Yes. The guy's on the phone. He's like, I don't know where you are, but you need to get here. I'm taking your horses off the trailer now. And we're like, we don't even Uh-oh. know where you are. You need to give us a minute. He was like, nope, I'm done. Taking them off the trailer now. Figure it out. No sooner did we go to respond <laughs> again, lost the call. Couldn't get a signal. Checked out. So now my horses are being pulled off a trailer somewhere. I'm just going to leave him out on the road. Yep. Just going to leave him out on the road, wherever he is. I don't know. He's in that canyon somewhere. And my cat is walking up a mountain in the pitch darkness, meowing. And what what am I going to do here? So Frank says, look, you, you got to make a decision here. It's the cat or it's the horses. You're going to have to make a call. Wow. And this like, is like on Survivor when you have to decide between <laughs> keep the car or give everybody a car. <laughs> yes. I wish I could have done both. And maybe today I would have said, hey. Uh, is there an option three here? Mm-hmm. Can I can I do both? Is there a way we can work that deal? 
But I wasn't thinking in that mindset at the time. But I should have asked Jess if I could somehow do both. Mm-hmm. <laughs> or actually, if I had the chance now, I would have said, um, how about plan C? Um, I just want to give the car to one person and I'll forfeit the reward if I can pick the person that gets the car. That would have been Cindy today. And I would have given it to Lydia. Okay. And uh, Lydia could go eat and Lydia could have her car and I'd stay back at camp and deal with the Stephanie and Rafe show. Okay. And then they wouldn't have fought against you. Yeah. But right so, now, but right now that car is very important to you and uh, getting back to the horses and finding Tom the cat. Finding Tom, so Tom cat. Thomas J. O'Malley. Yeah. Um, An Irish cat. Is, Fra- is, is Frank being supportive now or is he starting to, to get a little bit anxious? Or uh, I think Frank was tired, but um, he said, you know, you got to make a decision. It's the horses or the cat. I mean, the, you got to make a decision now. No time to think about it. I thought about it for a second, and this is the plan I came up with. And I said, look, here's the deal. You're not going to like this, but you're going to have to do what I say. I need you to leave me in the canyon and go find my horses. I will figure this out. I'll find a way to get out of here, but I'm not leaving this cat. I need you to go get my horses for me. Keep them safe until I find you. Cindy. In the National Forest. Cindy, you. With with no supplies and in the middle of the night. And yes. you have no phone signal either. Nope. nope. No phone. It's like middle of the night, no sleep. They've been on the road for 36 hours. Do you and have a flashlight? Nope. Nothing. Got nothing. So Frank took your 2006 Pontiac Torrent and left you there. Yep. Three times the tortoise and the torrent, and he went to find my horses for me. So now it's just Cindy out in the National Forest in the middle of the night looking for a cat. Yep. Um, yeah, because when I left well earlier, Yuma, I was wearing shorts and a t-shirt. It's, it's a little chilly in the Los Padres uh, National Forest <laughs> at night compared to Yuma, Arizona. And I was like bashing my knees and stuff on these boulders because I was wearing shorts. So he said, okay, I guess if that's what you want me to do. And he did. He left. So, um. I continue to follow my cat and realize that we're just going further and further into this mountain. It's getting me nowhere. So I decided to stop following him and to just sit and wait there and call to him. And after a little bit, I feel something brush against my bare leg because I'm wearing shorts. And I reach down and it's my cat. Came back to you. So Ooh, hold on a minute. In the darkness and I picked him up. So um, I picked him up and I held on to him and I started to think about my next step. Okay, so I've been walking up this entire time. I can't see where I'm going. I just know that if I walked up, I need to walk down to get back where I started. So I walked downhill past all of the debris and suddenly felt the terrain change and realized I was standing on asphalt, which would be the road, which is where I started. So that was ideal. And based on the slope of the road, to the right was down, to the left was up. Don't want to go down. There's a river down there. <laughs> so I'm going up. Get back out of this canyon. So I'm holding on to the cat for dear life, and I'm walking in pitch darkness up, feeling the asphalt under my feet so that I know that I stay on the road. Okay. To the top of this hill, and I see a truck sitting up there with it 
like um fog lights on parking lights relief like oh my goodness there's a human there's a car this is great but then you think i've seen too many shows on discovery yeah <laughs> and something about a truck being in the forest in the middle of the night with its parking lights on is a little odd yeah so i walked up say. there and there is a large man who does not speak english and the driver's side kind of alarming to me i was a little concerned but at the same time i was in dire straits and i really needed someone to offer me some assistance so he leans back and when he does another person leans forward and it's his wife and i know it's his wife because she said so so she says can we help you with something and i wanted to just say oh my goodness thank god yes please help me but my mind said, don't let them know you're that desperate. You don't know these people. Why are they here? So all these thoughts run through your head. So um, I said, um, did you see a car pass by here recently with a U-Haul trailer? And they said, yeah, we saw them up that way. They motioned. And I was like, okay. And they said, do you need us to take you there? Oh. I wanted to say yes, but I thought getting in the vehicle with these people is a bad idea. So I said, do you live here? And they said, oh, no, we're just camping. We're visiting. Which sounded really bad to me. That didn't sound like a solid situation. So I just decided that I had to put my faith in humanity at this point and deal with the repercussions and allow them to offer assistance to find these horses. I, I just didn't have a lot of options. So I literally got into a vehicle with two strangers in the middle of the night with my cat and axe murderers and let them drive me somewhere. I mean, yeah, bad things could have happened here. And you see it on TV all the time. Cindy, do you think they might have been a little uncomfortable that you appeared out of nowhere with a cat? <laughs> do you think they might have thought, we, do we want her in our car? Never mind this little tiny person walking up with shorts and a t-shirt and a cat in the middle mm -hmm. of the night. She's concerned about me. <laughs> I mean, yeah, they probably wondered what on earth, unless they were axe murders and probably would have thought, ooh, we got lucky opportunity. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and maybe they saw survivors walking all up. Yeah. <laughs> maybe they thought you were a witch walking around with uh, in the middle of the night with a cat. <laughs> wish we could find those people right now and ask them yeah, what, what did you thinking. think so what happened so what ha they took you up the hill so i got in and we started driving and i saw headlights come towards us and it was the horse transporter with my horses in its trailer and my torrent behind it so frank found them and they were driving you know together one in front of the other. So when we stopped and I got out and I ran up to the um, truck and um, I, I told Frank, I said, we need to just stop now and get the horses off the trailer. I don't want them to go another foot. I don't want to lose them again. I have them here. I can't risk it. Just take them off the trailer. And he was like, oh, no, I've talked to these people. We paid them too much money. They're going to get us to a safe stopping point. I found the ranger station. That's where we're going. So I didn't like that idea because I just wanted my precious cargo right safe but he said get in the car we're going to the ranger station it sounds like frank was the voice of reason about right now 
Maybe. We'll see. I think he was able to make decisions that weren't emotional and probably yeah. at the time that needed to happen. Mm-hmm. Probably. Hi. Yeah. So I got in the car with Tom and uh, we followed the horse transporter and a little ways down. It was definitely a decline. Hold on, I just, uh, you said you got in the car with Tom. It's Tom Frank. So Tom's no, the Tom cat. cat. Okay, okay, got it. Got it. Sorry, I'm sorry about that. <laughs> Frank and Tom. Pay attention, Rob. Sorry, sorry. We're in the vehicle together. <laughs> Frank and Tom and Max and Kisto. So there's the torrent following the horse transporter in the middle of nowhere with Tom the cat that's just been rescued from the forest. So uh, he stopped. And there was a ranger station just ahead of him. And he opened up his doors, walked to the back of the trailer, um, opened up the tack area, threw my hay and my feed and my tack uh, out literally onto the road, opened up the back of the trailer, pulled the horses off, dropped the lead ropes, said, I'm out of here, got in his truck and drove off. No, thanks. Nice knowing you. Spent three days with you. Nothing. Got in the car. Robot. When did he get paid? I, well, here's a little tip. If you ever find yourself in this scenario, don't <laughs> pay up front for a discount. Mm. <laughs> he told me if I paid okay. up front that I'd get a deal. Yeah. Um, no, don't do that. He already had my money before he even left Florida. Okay. So, and Where I, are the I mean, I did, I offered to pay offered to pay more for him to stay and he wasn't interested in that. Where is this ranger station? So this ranger station is in the Los Padres National Forest and it's actually the Rancho Oso Guest Ranch. Fabulous people, lifesavers. Can't say enough good things about that place based on my experience. So how far away is that from here? From here? From where you were at the time. From where? At that moment. Well, how far away is it from where? The guest ranch. Where are you right now? <laughs> It is the guest ranch, okay. But the ranger station's at the entrance. Okay. So there's no one around, obviously. It's like 3 o'clock in the morning, I guess. And uh, the horses um, were just loose. So I gathered their leads, but my older horse being on the trailer for so long, it was kind of experiencing what you would experience if you had been on a boat for a really long time. When you get on stable ground, you're swaying and your equilibrium's off. So she was swaying. And I was really concerned that she was going to fall and fall on concrete. So I needed to get her off that roadway. So I led them into um, a grassy spot that I found. And there was a picnic table over there. And it was just off to the side of that ranger station. And having rescues, I was told um, with one of them, the younger horse, it's not a good idea to tie her up and leave her. She'll panic. And, uh, you know, she's had bad things happen to her being tied up and left. So. My previous trainer had recommended I don't do that with her. But at this point, I kind of didn't have a choice. I needed to tie her up so that I could tend to the older horse. Frank, by the way, is so completely exhausted. He is literally in tears at this point. Oh, poor Um, Frank. His emotions finally caught up to him. He's not like that guy either. But Mm -hmm. he he was exhausted. And I told him, I got this. I can handle this. You need to close your eyes. I'm going to need you to, to help me in a little while. But I think I can keep okay, it together. Hold on. Why are you trying to trade off sleeping when you're outside of the guest range? That's what I don't get. There's nobody there. 
there's no one around. The guest ranch is like way off, you know, in the canyon. This is just the entrance, the ranger station. It's not far. I don't know. I, it's pitch dark. I couldn't see anything. It was a ways, a mile or so. I'm just trying to figure out because in my mind, it seems like you're right there. But no, it was like a mile or so to no, where you okay. would actually like find uh, some sort of residence. So you're out in the middle of nowhere still. Well, yeah, but you couldn't tell because it was dark. No. So, uh, Frank went to take a nap and said, I just need, you know, like a power nap, 15 minutes, I'll be back. Um, he, he didn't come back um, until like the next day. <laughs> until the next day. <laughs> until the next day. Classic <laughs> Frank. <laughs> so I'm here with these horses and one of them is tied up and the other one can't stand up. She fell twice uh, in the grass and then got up again. And to prevent her from falling more, I would just lean my body into her and try to balance her on either side that looked like it was getting weak at the time. Wasn't she like 30? I don't know how old she was. She was a rescue. She could have been like 30 years old at the time. Um, That's old so for a horse, right? It is. She lived to be about 40. I mean, she, she, she lived was, a long time. She lived a long mm-hmm. time. So... Um, yeah, it, it was challenging to do that because I got very tired and I, I seriously think I dreamt with my eyes open. I think I hallucinated. I was freezing. I was shaking. She was shivering. The other horse was shivering. I mean, you can see your breath. It's cold there at night in shorts and a t-shirt. And I was doing jumping jacks and like opening and closing my hands and trying to like move around as best I could and make sure that I'm supporting her just to keep circulation going and keep my eyes open. It was completely bizarre. like. Dreaming while you're awake. So after some time, I start to see light in the sky. Oh, the sun is coming up. And down the road comes a human walking along. It was a park ranger. Thermos in hand, walking along. And he sees us and stops dead in his tracks. And he was like, uh, can I help you with something? And I was like, it's like an oasis in the desert. Yes. Um, I know this is going to sound insane, but I've been here for a long time. I got dropped here in the middle of the night. I've been on the road from Florida with my horses and I don't really know how we got here, but I, I could really use some help. I need a place to rest. I need a safe place for my horses. And so he was like, all right, uh, give me a minute. I, I can help you out. Hang on. Don't be all right. He was super nice. So he goes in and he makes some phone calls. And uh, I said, by the way, you know, that black SUV over there, um, the guy I came here with is in there asleep. I'm going to need somebody to go wake him up. I can't leave the horses. Mm-hmm. And I do recall when the sun came up and I looked around, I realized that I was completely surrounded by mountains. And it was very Guatemala-esque. And in my mind, I thought it was Guatemala-esque. It seemed reassuring to me to feel like I was surrounded by mountains of Guatemala because they were just towering mountains all around me. And then there was these two flags. I'll never forget the visual. There was a American flag and then there was a California flag and there was, it said, welcome to California. And I just remember those flags in the morning at daybreak surrounded by those hills and that park ranger. And I thought, Oh, it's all going to be okay. I did it. I did it. I survived. Welcome to California. I'm here. Nothing but up moving forward. It's all going to get better from here. (laughs) 
No, that was, was a troubling me. laugh. Was, yeah. this so were you, you were you hallucinating? This was just the Cindy, were you hallucinating? No, it was real. That part was okay. real, but I think my perception that it was all going to be smooth sailing from here on out was definitely not true. The rest of it took two years, right? The rest of it took about two years uh, for me to get back to Florida. Like, including right? a tsunami. Yeah. Yeah, it was bad. There was a tsunami, an earthquake. The earthquake was what caused the tsunami. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, that's uh, that's how well, it works. Wait, Cindy lived in a tent Cindy, for the next how many months? Yeah. When did Frank exit the picture? Is he still? Is he in the tent with you? What happened to Frank? Frank stuck around until I got back to Florida, and then based on the um, additional information I uncovered about him, um, I, I needed to cut ties with him as quickly as possible. Oh, 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 oh God, we got to hear this. We we, no, we need I, I, it. I, what? I'm, I'm getting the sense we don't want to hear this. My yeah, we do. We do. Mm-hmm. Well, okay. Um, so anyway, park ranger. The park ranger came, and they um, were able to find a campsite that actually has some pipe corral fencing that people camp with their horses. So um, they actually helped me lead the horses to this pipe corral and put them safely in that containment, and then uh, help Frank get the car down to the campsite. And at that point, I laid on a picnic table and must have just completely crashed out, not even aware that the world was happening around me because all kinds of things happened around me. And I woke up and there was a, a tent set up next to the horses and all the animals were in there. So, um, yeah, they took really good care of me at that place. And Frank woke up and uh, sprung into action. <laughs> so we were safe for the night, but that was, you know, just today. Okay, now what? <laughs> you know people tell us people who have heard this story tell us that we should charge um like do a, a weekend adventure like t- sell tickets to a weekend campfire story sit around a campfire and have cindy tell stories people said they would pay money for the tickets if she would right. just spend and we've it, even like contemplated where we could put people up and how we could house them and I can cook for everybody and provide the meals. And then Cindy at night can just tell them stories and take them on adventures in South Florida. (laughs) Okay. So, yeah, but this is what I'm wondering. How come when y'all started the story and Mindy, how come you didn't tell Cindy? You can't start this story without saying that somebody came along without, without introducing us to Frank. How come Frank didn't come up? Honestly, I can tell you, I mean, I don't know how she missed that because um, I mean, I, I think it's significant. Here's this person. I mean, he's so good at what he does that he was good when he needed to be good. And then as soon as there was an opportunity to be bad, he was like really, really bad. But she did get her through the canyons and he did get her home. And that's because he's really used to life. That's kind life. of that's his life, that's you know, life. always running right. at the last minute and recalculating his steps. And it was kind of the perfect criminal for her to be in lieu with at the time. Unfortunately, yeah. he was a bad guy, but he's used to thinking <laughs> quick on his feet. Yeah, I mean, that, that kind of was, yeah. you know, you cross paths with people for a reason. They serve a purpose in your life. And when it's time for them to exit your life, just let them exit. Don't fight to keep them there because their purpose in your 
path has passed. It's and really funny right. because on it. it's really funny that today on my Facebook memories, I, I guess I had said something at some point. You loved different people at different times for different reasons, and all of them were right. And I think at that time, for that reason, that that was the right the right reason for him to be the right there. person to be in my life. That's right perfect. Time. That's perfect. And so, Cindy, how long from when you first? Hey, you got to leave this in, Rob. This is good, okay. Cindy. How long was it that when you first met him until you cut ties with him when you got back to Florida? What's the time frame? Oh, let me think. And from when I first met him? Uh-huh. A long four time, years. right? Like four or five years. Probably four years, honestly. Oh, my God. That's a long, that's a long time. And you don't get the, the idea of that when you first hear the story. So, so that's four years. That's a long so when time. You got, when they, when they went to California, how long had you known him when you six left months. here? They had known each other six months when she left here to go to California. Yeah. Okay. 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 All right. All right. So you have the horses now tied up. Yep. Okay. What ha- uh, what happens then? I, I have them safe in a little pipe corral area so they can lay down and move about freely and I don't have to hold on to them. And there's a tent. Um, there's a tent. So we spent a couple of nights there and I needed to, you know, reevaluate my plan. So I needed a landing pad. I needed a safe place to uh, get to ground zero and work on getting to San Diego Zoo. <laughs> so um, there was an ad on at the time Craigslist uh, for a place that was hiring someone to manage their equestrian estate and vineyard. It was a little ways away. But you um, had a, a nice place to live for free. I could bring the horses um, and they would pay you a little bit. So not a permanent solution, but at the time it sounded really good. It was a little ways away. It was um, in a place called Royal Grande, which is just down from Cal Poly University. So not too far from that town. But it was uh, pretty far out into a canyon. There was a um, like a... I guess uh, an estate community. So the majority of the properties were like 50 acres plus. So we answered this ad and we went to meet the people and they loved us. And it sounded like, you know, like a a perfect solution to go live in. The barn apartment was like a billion dollar home. Mm -hmm. And they had a personal vineyard and they had some horses and a nice barn. And, you know, you take care of the horses and the vineyard and kind of manage the property in exchange for living there. So that sounded good at the time. Um, I contacted a few other people, but that sounded like the best scenario. So uh, we headed north and we went up to uh, Royal Grande and moved into this equestrian <laughs> state and vineyard. Um, sounded great. Uh, people sounded super nice. The home was built to resemble Tuscany, so they wouldn't have to travel to Tuscany very often. They could have their, their own yeah. home there. Um, well, I did pick up a dog there who uh, I guess was being taken care of by some neighbors who like to rescue dogs. He decided to come to the barn every day and not go home. And finally, they said, why don't you just keep him? He wants to be your dog. And I was like, no, no, I'm, not, I'm only here temporarily. I don't need any more animals. And they said, no, he, he needs to be your dog. So keep him. And if it doesn't work out, we'll take him back. I kept him. I still have him. He kept showing up at her door. <laughs> still have him. 
Um, he still lives with her. So I picked up a dog, and then the lady, uh, was a little sketchy. Um, the, I think after like three days, the husband says to me, in case you haven't noticed, she's kind of not right. Not all there. She's, she's got some crazy ideas. She's a bit much to deal with. Okay. <laughs> and she's on, on quite a bit of medication. <laughs> So I was like, ah, you know, it's all right. I can handle it. No big deal. It got worse. Um, so I would go out to see my horses late at night before I would go to bed out on the property. Um, my older horse, I like to give her a little extra snack of food to keep her weight on. Um, it came to my attention that the um, wife of the property was watching me out of the balcony she had like french doors that came out of her balcony of her bedroom and her house she would go out there and watch me with night vision goggles and she had a shotgun um night vision goggles shotgun. <laughs> i then discovered that she had um devices in my apartment that um allowed her to listen to everything i said I then realized oh, she had um she had like laser sensors of some sort all around the property. So anytime I would leave or come back, she knew which road <laughs> that I took on and off of the property. She found out that I was going to some of the new neighbors' um, property for dinner and forbid me to go there. Um, it, it just kept getting more controlling and more yeah. insane by the day. Um, okay, wait, wait. Where's me. Frank? Where? Where's Frank? Is he part of this? Is she watching Frank's him with night there, goggles too? Frank's there, but they love Frank because he feeds into birds of a feather. He, he knows everything. Them. He tells them what they want to hear. Yeah. He, uh, you know, he, he talks to them the way they want to be talked to. And, and I'm talking to them from a real perspective. And, and I'm also standing up for myself and having an opinion about things. And it, it's not the same as theirs. Mm-hmm. So um, All right, is this is this the part where there's various conflicts and shouting matches, kind of like in Survivor again? Was that happening or not? I would say we did have words a few times. <laughs> okay. Um, Listen, when Cindy was on Survivor, what did I tell you? What was my piece of advice to you? I said two things to you when you left. What were they? I don't know. Don't be the first one voted out. That yes, and. Mm-hmm. Or they'll Why make coffee with your shirt. Person, she has so much opinion that I thought, listen, sometimes you just need to keep it to yourself or you'll be the first person voted out. So don't like just keep your opinion to yourself. Don't be the first person voted out because like nobody wants to be that person. And what was the second one? I don't know. Stay long enough for the family business. Oh, yeah. That. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I did do that. <laughs> of course. Okay. Check and check. But she was so opinionated, and sometimes she would, you know, she was so vocal in her opinion that I was like, oh, this is like recipe for disaster being on Survivor. Somebody's going to cross her and not know all the exact details about a howler monkey. She's going to give them like some giant speech <laughs> about like why they should know this. And they're going to be like, oh, this girl, no, we're not going to have this. And they'll vote her out right away for being like too strong a personality. So I was like, don't be the person who's voted out and kind of like be a little sip more subdued because not everybody is an expert in the animal field. Well, at this point, I had been around horse people enough to know that I do need to keep some of my opinions to myself, which I did for the most part. 
it was challenging because she had crazy ideas about drugging her horses and calling it training so she could go ride them on uh, these fast races through the mountains when they were partially sedated to calm them down. So, yes, I had an opinion about that because I care about animal welfare. Okay. I tried. Cindy, how old was this couple that you were staying with? How old was the woman that was watching you with the night goggles? And the rifle. <laughs> and a shotgun. And the rifle. Probably, and the shotgun. And I would say at the time, I got to say she's got to be in her 50s. Yeah, probably. Her husband maybe was closer to 60. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Um, not elderly. No, not at all. Not no, not elderly. not at all. Not at all elderly. So how long did you stay there? Six months. Six months. Oh, my God. Yeah. Uh, well, how did it end? <laughs> why, why did you leave? I had already applied to San Diego. A position did become available. Um, everything's through email. So I, I had sent in my application to San Diego at the time. Yeah. Um, at least they knew I existed. But can we go back? Uh, How did you discover the listening devices where you were staying? Um, it seemed as if when we would have conversations, literally either later that day or the next day, the first thing that we talked about when I encountered the couple was exactly what we were talking about. No matter how off topic the subject was, they would ask me about mm. it. Kind of like how, you know, your phone yeah. listens to everything. Yeah, it's like that, except a person. And when I, I don't, I mean, there's so many details, but if you knew them all, you would be like, oh yeah, no doubt about it. Um, so she really tried to influence me emotionally and I stopped responding because that's what she wanted. She felt power and control by getting to me emotionally. And when she couldn't get emotion out of me anymore, she just kept trying and trying to find triggers to control me. Um, and everyone who attempts that knows that there is a way to like really get that wedge in with me. And it's through my animals. If you're going to influence me in any way, get me where it hurts, get me with the animals. I just got this gut instinct and I can't explain it, but I had a pit in my stomach that this woman is going to do something to those horses. I know she is. And her husband told me she was crazy. And I knew that she took medication. She was not right in the head. And she was lucrative and she would stop at nothing to feel powerful. So I got this really bad feeling one night after we had had words in the barn. And I had actually said to her, you know, uh, being on Survivor was a piece of cake compared to working for you. And I think <laughs> that was a really bad thing to say oh, to her. yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm thinking it might have been. She got really <laughs> So I said to Frank, <laughs> I went upstairs and I said to Frank, I think we need to go into town and have a beer and have some conversations about things. <laughs> so we go into Cal Poly. They have um, quarter beer night at one of the, you know, university uh, facilities. And we're having a beer and I was like, okay, so you're going to think I'm crazy and maybe I am. but." We've got to change the plans. And here's what's going to happen. Either you're in or you're out. Up you. I don't care. I'm fine on my own. But um, when we leave here, we're going to go to Walmart. 
and we're going to buy the biggest tent we can find with the amount of money that we have left. <laughs> and tomorrow we're going to move everything into storage. And I'm going to call that lady at that organic farm we met when we first got here. And I'm going to have her come get the horses. I'm out of here. This woman's going to do something bad. I have a horrible feeling about it. I can't wait on that to happen. So he was like, yeah, I'm in. <laughs> we went to Walmart and bought a tent that night. And the next day, we loaded up a U-Haul and we thought that they were out of, out of the property in town for lunch or something and uh, hauled the stuff away. And I had that lady come get my horses. So I put everybody in the Pontiac Court and I drove away. And I drove <laughs> to a place called Los Osos near Morro Bay. So just a little ways outside of Cal Poly on the coast. Horses were dropped off at the organic farm and horse stable, and they were doing well. And we went just down the road a piece, like five minutes. There is a campground um, right across from Morro Bay. And uh, it was beautiful, full of eucalyptus trees, wonderful aroma, beautiful, great place to take a break and a breather and come up with the next stage of my plan. Cindy, wait, I got to ask you something. Now, I know the horses, you've got the horses secure there. What about the yep. dogs, the guinea pigs, the snakes? Where are all these? Are they in the tent with you? And Frank, with you and Frank, in the tent. The uh, four cats and the tortoise and the one dog that I had you know, picked up there, yeah, they were with us um, in the tent. The snakes, the guinea pigs and such, I actually did rehome before I left Florida, so they weren't with us. But the giant tortoise was. Okay. Um, so the largest tent you can buy at Walmart in March, um, it's not an all-season tent. So if it gets cold, you're going to get cold. And I did. Extremely. Um, it had cats to keep The in. temperature, I believe, was below freezing that night. It was very cold. I did not anticipate that. Um, it was so cold that all of the animals were under the multiple layers of blankets that I had, and we were all shivering. And I am not even kidding you. I prayed for daylight. I just wanted the sun to come up to know that I was going to make it through the night. I had never been that cold in my entire life. It was terrible. Um, so then when the sun came up, oh, thank goodness we made it. Oh, we're going to be okay. Just like in the canyon that night. Mm -hmm. oh, we made it. We're going to be okay. The camp host. <laughs> started driving around the campground on his uh, golf cart and his like megaphone. And he is <laughs> announcing that they are clearing the campground because there's a tsunami warning. And we are literally across the street from the ocean at this um, campground. Tsunami warning. There'd been a meltdown in Japan and, uh, you know, all of that was causing a okay, tsunami yes, warming. Yes. If you remember those events. I think it was the first week of March, but I, I could be wrong. I just know that it was still cold. Yes. Okay. Yeah. I remember so, this. We gather things up <laughs> and we are back in the torrent and we need some food. So uh, my mom called and she says to me, I, I just saw this on TV at work. Uh, is this anywhere near you? And <laughs> well, yeah, it's across the street. We've been evacuated from the campground. So I mm -hmm. last night from the crazy lady in the canyon. Um, she's like, oh, for God's sake, Cindy, enough is enough. This is a sign for sure. It is time for you to come home. 
And I said, you know, I came here to work for the San Diego Zoo and I haven't done that yet. I just I don't think I can quit yet. <laughs> so we go to Subway to get a $5 foot long because the budget's tight. <laughs> and $5 foot long is two meals. $5 foot long goes a long way. So we pull in Subway and I've got one of those like slide cover phones that they give you for free with Verizon at the time. <laughs> and it rings and I and then recognize the I'm number. getting a five dollar foot long in Subway. Mm-hmm. So I just put it in two meals and my free phone from Verizon is now buzzing. <laughs> so I answered it. And lo and behold, <laughs> it was the San Diego Zoo. <laughs> yeah, what'd they say? <laughs> it was one of the curators <laughs> at the San Diego Zoo calling to tell me. He was looking at my resume on his desk. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, this was meant to be. It's not time to give up. So he says to me, though, he's like, I got good news and I have bad news. Oh, no. <laughs> um, good news <laughs> is I, I don't get resumes like this on my desk too often. Bad news is you're overqualified the position you applied for and I'm not going to hire you. <laughs> <laughs> why did he call he did say you know I, I think that um you have a lot to offer and i want you to continue to um check in on our job listings because i think there's going to be a position that will fit you better and i think you would be a great person for us to have so uh, i highly encourage you to please continue to apply and i really want to see your resume again i'm going to be looking for it it's just like survivor i mean they interviewed her. Just like it. Two years in advance. Two years in advance. <laughs> like got a, she got an interview two years in advance for Survivor, and they told her they encouraged her to continue. Um, You're applying. overqualified. <laughs> yeah. You're too good. So went and got my foot long, and uh, <laughs> I actually ended up moving to the horse where the horses were. It was an organic farm, and the lady was building a home. Um, away in a canyon and needed someone to manage the property while she did that so it was an opportunity for me to be near the horses not be at the campground and have a little place for a little bit so I could get my bearings because now I felt like I really needed to get to San Diego yeah so I lived in a um, tool shed that um, we converted into a living space (laughs) for about three weeks I think three or four weeks and then arranged for transport again for the horses to uh, go to San Diego and uh, made my way to Oceanside where um, I continued to watch the website and another position became available and I applied for that at San Diego. And uh, while I was in Oceanside, another dog um, found its way into my life. There was a dog roaming the property and the owner of that property bred and trained um, Belgian Malinois for agility and she um, was going to Belgium with one of her dogs for a competition and asked me to manage the place while she was gone and I was welcome to stay in the camper in her driveway while I did that free. Okay, that sounds like a good deal. Free place to, to live in a camper for a couple of weeks. So um, she also said when she left if someone would kill the dog that was roaming the property at night, keeping her Malinois awake, she would offer them $100. So 
to prove that the dog had been stolen. That's not a good thing for me to hear. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> if that dog saw you, it would be gone in a flash. I couldn't have told you prior what color it even was. I just, you would see the silhouette of a dog at sunset and then it would be gone once you noticed it. Two days in, I had that dog sleeping in the camper on my pillow. So um, I now had another dog and still didn't have a place to live. And the owner of the place came home from Belgium. She discovered that I I had this animal, which at the time I had just moved to a local campground and stayed in a tent because I knew that would be bad for her to know that dog was staying in the camper in her driveway. And she found out that I had it and threatened to have all of my animals confiscated by animal control if I didn't bring her that dog and let her have it put down. Which, of course, I'm not going to do. Um, she she got really mad and really upset and really insane. And so, once again, I called someone to move the horses to another local stable. And that was in Fallbrook. So, that turned out to be a, a really nice uh, situation for us in Fallbrook. And that's also when the San Diego Zoo called and said that they wanted to interview me for a position. So, I actually ended up interviewing for a job at the safari park in San Diego. Okay. Which was a great fit for me. And I was hired and brought that dream to fruition of I'm going to work for the San Diego Zoo. And I did. Yes. <laughs> yes. Okay. Did Frank get a job then by chance? I'm still curious about Frank. He's still on this journey. Frank always had some sort of a job that lasted a couple of days or said he was going for a job <laughs> that he wasn't really going to. Mostly he just lived off the sending. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, yeah. I, uh, I mean, early on in this situation, uh, side note, when I got to California and got to that uh, estate and a vineyard, realized that Frank was actually, um, he had a different name and he was actually 10 years older than he told me. And his sister was actually his <laughs> daughter and he was actually still married to someone. That, Wait, hold on. Uh, Let's take Canada. this one at a time. So, hold on, Cindy. So his, he's, te- he, uh, Frank wasn't Frank. He was 10 years older and his yeah. sister wasn't his sister. It was his daughter. Yep. Yep. Was she on the trip too? No, no. Yeah, she's well, that, I mean, that's—I've never heard anything like that. That uh, sister <laughs> is is no, is, is the events that you have just heard me unfold during all of this. The only person that I have to accompany me and offer me any sense of familiarity is someone that I one hundred percent do not trust because. I know all of these things about them, but he doesn't know that I know all these things about him. How did you know them? Did you, you took that woman's listening device and you were able to hear? Um, I found, um, his birth certificate and one of his boxes of belongings in the closet. Okay. And I found, um, court orders for child support. Uh, And, um, I started to investigate things and, uh, yeah, I, I learned that all of these these things were not what I was thinking. Cindy, what did you do? That in itself was concerning because here I am in the middle of nowhere with an uncertain scenario surrounded by a person who walks around with a taser and a shotgun and night vision goggles. 
But wait, that mind, that was Frank, or this is your, your that, or this is the woman that was the, the not well. That was the woman. Oh, okay. But Sandy, wait a, minute, wait a minute! Wait a minute! Wait a minute! When when did you learn that Frank wasn't Frank, and he was ten years older in that four year span? Oh, where? When, when? I got to California, so early on, less than a year in. Yeah, less than a year in. And you stayed with Frank three more years under a, a alias name he yeah. had. Yep. Well, <laughs> hey, I'm not judging. I'm not judging. Half of that was in I California. <laughs> and based on the situation, um, I didn't trust him, but I knew him. And that was the closest thing to um, stability that I had. I knew his triggers. I knew his keywords. I knew enough about him to feel like I can handle this situation mm-hmm. more than I can control anything else. And he wasn't going to do anything bad. It's kind of like, you know, at least you know what you're getting. Yeah. 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 Okay. Keep your friends close, your enemies closer. Um, I knew, I knew him and I knew what he was about and I knew how he operated. So that made me feel better. And at the time I had no other sense of security or familiarity whatsoever. Mm -hmm. Mind you, I offered to go to San Diego with my sister on one condition from the very beginning that he not go. And I I will go from day one. I do not remember that. I will go to San Diego with you, but he can't come with us. I don't remember that happening. Okay. But I mean, I was in a whole different mindset at the time. So tunnel vision, perhaps. I don't know. Okay. So you go to work at the San Diego Zoo. Mm -hmm. Is this the happy part of the story? Yeah. Yeah, it was great. I mean, I walked in that place (laughs) and looked around and thought, I can't even believe this has happened. I mean, this is it. I can't wait to tell my friends back in Florida. Like, I did it. Yeah, I, I yeah, I did this and look around me. This is fabulous. This is beautiful. I, I get to come here and this is my time. job and this dream has come true. The show. Yeah, this was fabulous. So Yeah, so you're <laughs> at the San Diego Zoo. Seems like everything is is going well. What why didn't you stay there? Um well, for one, Frank, um I obviously didn't trust him. And he was literally the only person that I had any sense of family with. Um, I found California to be challenging in um, building relationships and finding a sense of community. Um, I tried to frequent places regularly, like sports bars and play trivia, because Frank knew all of the answers and we would always win. So we would always get free food. Um <laughs> We tried to frequent places and try to build, you know, some kind of rapport with people. And I, I just, nobody ever seemed to want to do that with you. You know, they didn't really seem to care that you were there last week and the week before and the week before. And they didn't want to know what your day was like or how your family was doing or anything. Mindy, did you go visit her while she was out there those four years or those three and a half years? No, never. She didn't come, and honestly, I mean, because he was there, I wouldn't be around him from the beginning. Oh, yeah, but me and me and uh, Frank, 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 and I <laughs> never got along. Well, also keep in mind that <laughs> for about seven months, I lived in a tent, a tool shed. Um, <laughs> oh, I left out another part of the story. 
Oh, completely <laughs> forgot. What is it relevant? What is it? So, when we got to Oceanside, so when I left the tsunami warning and the organic farm <laughs> and went to Oceanside, I forgot a key, key part. I don't know what it is. We um, got to Oceanside and we checked into a um, Motel 6. <laughs> I already know where this is going. <laughs> this is where Mindy saved me. I know, but I also know part of the story that nobody's going to think is funny except that. Which part? Cats in a bag. <laughs> I checked into a Motel 6 and we paid a week in advance so that we would not have to worry about... Cindy, didn't you learn your lesson be- about paying up front? No. <laughs> I just wanted to know that she had a nice bed, like an actual bed to sleep in and that she could like have a, sh- a real shower. I just needed to go to sleep one night and know that like tonight she's going to sleep and it's going to be okay. It just got to a point where I'm like, enough. I just got to know that for extended amount of days, she has a good place that is warm, safe, clean, that she can go somewhere and sleep and eat and like, get her assemblance together because now she's got a job at the zoo and she needs to be together. So at this point though, um, I had stayed in, I think I stayed in a dozen different campgrounds in California, honestly. And they weren't bad. Like they weren't all bad. I mean, looking back, like some of the fantastic parts of my adventure was those campgrounds and waking up in the morning with the views that I had from those campgrounds. I mean, there was a place called Spooner's Cove and this town called Los Osos, which literally was like a fairy tale town. If you ever have a chance to go there, you can see the ocean from almost every part of the town. And I mean, waking up across from Spooner's Cove where the waves are crashing on this giant rock, it was magnificent. So uh, initially living in a tent the first two weeks seemed like this is completely nuts and I got to get a roof over my head. But after about two weeks, I got used to it and I liked it. And I relished in the the sunsets because it was campfire time. And we would sit around the fire and actually have conversations and talk, which no one does anymore. And the sun would come up and you would relish in the sunrise and like actually take it in and enjoy it instead of, you know, just getting in your car and driving off to work. Um, I really got accustomed to that lifestyle living in a tent to the point that being indoors was uncomfortable for me. So there was some really fantastic parts of that. If I had gone under a different scenario, then I probably wouldn't have experienced that part of it. Yeah, I think you got to see places and experience them in a way that you wouldn't have done if you just went on like a vacation. Yeah, yeah, not at all. So anyways, um, I lived in a tent for a large portion of the time and for Mindy to come to California to visit me, I don't know that my particular lifestyle at that time would have been conducive to anyone visiting me and being able to be a part of that lifestyle at all. It would have been kind of strange. What about the Motel 6? So we get to the Motel 6 and I check in for a week paid in advance. Wait, okay. No, the Motel 6 and um, the horses were being boarded at uh, the place in Oceanside and I came home after a couple of days and had like some bumps, um, <laughs> like just under the sleeve of my shirt. Okay. <laughs> and then um, I found some like on my ribs, and there were like little lines of bumps, and they kind of itched. <laughs> <laughs> 
And I thought, oh, well, it's a different climate. It's a different place. Um, the hay is different. I was at the horse barn a lot. You know, I've come in contact with something that was an allergic reaction. Nothing to be concerned about. Nothing to be concerned about. <laughs> Next day, there's more. <laughs> Quite a bit more. And I, I told Mindy, and she was like, you better, like, hope that that's not bed bugs. And I was like, it's not bed bugs. That's preposterous. No one gets bed bugs. It's a clean uh, hotel. Not a Motel 6. No, no. Are you sure it was a Motel 6? It was in, like, the one I put you in? No, it was in, like, no. the nice part of Oceanside. It was really nice. It was new. It seemed clean. <laughs> I put you in an extended stay. That was like because of this. Oh, okay. So, because so, um, the bites increased and Mindy said something about bed bugs and I thought it was preposterous but because they continued after 24 hours I looked it up on you know what what would look like if you had been bitten by bed bugs and how you would discover if you had bed bugs and so I looked <laughs> in the places that the internet told me to look and well sure enough there were bugs there <laughs> so I gathered some samples and I took them to the front desk <laughs> You brought bed bugs to the front desk. Yeah. 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 And I I said to the manager, um, do you know what this is? And the guy was like, I have no idea what that is. And I'm like, well, let me tell you, it's bed bugs. And they're all over my room. And a matter of fact, I'm covered in bites to the point that I can't put my shoes on because my feet are swollen. Oh, my God. Like severe. I couldn't like bend my fingers. I couldn't put shoes on. I I mean, it was horrible. (laughs) It was like something to out which, of a movie. <laughs> to which he said, I'm sorry, ma'am, you're all paid up. Nothing yeah, I can do for right. you. I mean, I, I don't know. I can't really do a whole lot for you. I could give you like a different room. And I'm like, do you know how bed, bed bugs work? If they're in one room of your hotel, they're everywhere. Like, ma'am, please keep your voice down. <laughs> I was like, can I just have my money back <laughs> so I can go somewhere else and not expose myself or my animals to this? <laughs> and um he said no you're gonna have to take that up corporate i, I can't do that i'm sorry mm-hmm. well i obviously couldn't stay there and i was in pretty dire straits was so frank okay during me. this he didn't have any bites on him oh the vampire <laughs> i discovered he's too swarthy <laughs> I decided he was a vampire because every time we went to trivia night, he knew answers to questions that no human being should have in their brain. And the only way he would know that is if he lived it because he's undead. He's a vampire. No, you guys, I'm not kidding. (laughs) He came to trivia nights here in South Florida as well. And it doesn't matter what the like era or decade or topic. It doesn't matter if it was music or science or history. He knew every answer to every question every time. And he couldn't be beaten. And it didn't matter what it was about. He knew everything. It was freaky. <laughs> He's either lived hundreds of years or he lived a few years in prison. <laughs> but we're not sure. Where is Frank today? Can we get him on a podcast, Rob? Uh, no, I don't think we, we, we want to so, deeper. I think you're not three. picking up on some cues here. I, I don't think we want to no, associate with Frank. Yeah, no. I, I think Frank's uh, MIA, but um, <laughs> if anybody knows of his whereabouts, it... it Call the authorities. Yeah. 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 So anywho, bed bugs. Then Cindy calls me. She's in dire straits. And I'm like, you know what? I've had enough of this. So I call around. I look into some places and I find this extended stay. That's like, you know, 
mini apartment that she can stay for a week and get her like buried. Like, let me just let her get herself together. So I um, rented her this place for a week that was yeah. like a little apartment where she could get rid of the bed. Yeah. So she called me and she was like, go to this uh, extended stay. It's already booked, taken care of. So I went there and immediately took all my luggage in to the laundry room and washed everything on like super hot before I even. Yeah, like, these people had everything. no idea you're washing all your but laundry and bugs in their hotel. I didn't just bring my luggage into the hotel because you're allowed two pets of an extended stay and I was on the third floor. I had six. Is that how that works? It's, it's two pets times the floor you're on. So if you're on the fifth floor, you get 10 pets. <laughs> I don't know that they would agree with that, especially yeah. if one of them is like a <laughs> tortoise that you're keeping in the bathroom. But I had to get them into the hotel somehow and not have people see me carrying six animals up the stairwell. <laughs> so I had one of those, you know, an arrow bed comes in like this big drawstring duffel bag. Okay. I had one of those that we used for laundry. <laughs> so I emptied it. And I took each cat, there were four of them, <laughs> and I put them in the bag, like laundry. Cats out up, of the bag now. Put it over my shoulder, took the tortoise, put him in a duffel, zipped it up, had that in the other hand. So I got a bag of cats and a giant tortoise and a duffel, and I'm puffing up the stairwell. And the cats are going like, you know, the cats are all like kind of moving around. <laughs> <laughs> so I just hope that no one saw me long enough to see the bag of cats moving around mm -hmm. and the giant offered to help me carry that bag because there was a giant tortoise in it. <laughs> wow. It might have been. This is what I'm thinking, Rob. You know, the, we talked about the car curse with Cindy. It could have been the bed bug curse because she was bringing all those animals in and out of those extended stay. Yeah, I, so, no, yeah. I'm starting to think could. that maybe the car was cursed. That nothing but bad things have happened on this car trip. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> it kind of does make me think that. But then also, like, there's little victories at the end of each one mm -hmm. that make me think maybe the car is the reason she got through it. But the car was my refuge on all of these occasions. I was yeah. in the car when the San Diego Zoo called. And I sought refuge in the car when the tsunami warning hit. Yeah. And when it was freaking cold that night, I had my tortoise in the car and I would wake up periodically and start it and turn the heat on to warm him up because they're so less cold tolerant than mammals are. Um, I, I slept in the car even at some of the campgrounds because it was so late when we got there. I didn't want to pitch the tent that night. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, it traveled from here to there and all around yeah. for years and came back to Florida. And I got to tell you guys, how many miles are on that thing? 217,000. <laughs> 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 has been out of business for uh 10 years now yeah yeah that was kind of sad news i don't know how this thing lived through <laughs> all the things it has but it did and it drives well mm -hmm. yeah so i did drive it back across the country with a u-haul again but um i bought a truck and a trailer and decided since i was nearly killed 
driving um, or paying someone to drive my horses to California. I've never done this before, and it's not the brightest thing to do, but I know these animals better than anyone, and I can do a better job than that. So um, when the time came, um, we actually drove the, the horses back across the country ourselves, and it took eight days because I would stop every night to let the older horse rest. Um, and sleep in the car in Arizona on that trip on the way back. It was so insanely cold. We were at a super high elevation where we stopped. I don't remember the name of the town, but it was so cold. And we slept in that car. All of the animals um, put that back seat down flat, piled with blankets. We'd start it periodically just to run the heat long enough so that you could feel your face again um, to make it through the night, literally right next to the horses. Yeah. So. But that car has served such a fantastic purpose Cindy, in my life. When you were camping out there, sleeping in the car, were you staring at the stars through the sunroof, <laughs> thinking about the other players from Survivor Guatemala, like you yeah. said you would? I have to say, I absolutely did on many occasions. <laughs> and not only that, I mean, during all of these fiascos of me living in a tent, Survivor was still happening. Seasons were still airing. Yeah. I needed to watch that. And I did. Wait, you kept up with Survivor during this whole time too? It was a priority. So I found a converter (laughs) that you could plug into the cigarette lighter of your car and then plug in um, my computer. And then I had one of these little plug-in Verizon things, hotspot type deals where I could get internet and watch survivor on my laptop in my tent by running the cord into my car the pontiac torrent allowed me to stay on top of the season that's incredible yeah did frank watch cindy he did he strikes me as like a big russell hance fan um he did not like when she got attacked joe like anything show related if she was somewhere and somebody recognized her or wanted to talk about survivor he did not like that yeah, he would check out of that situation. It wasn't novel to him at all. Mm-hmm. He just tolerated, I think. So, um, yeah, I, I watched seasons of Survivor from the Pontiac and was able, you know, in commercial breaks to look up and see the stars of California through mm-hmm. the sunroof. Wow. I certainly thought about my Survivor contestants on many occasions. I wanted to do a little something with um, Cindy and Mindy because they're both reality stars. They're identical twin sisters, and they both made a few comments that have stood out when they play, you know, when they were on their, you know, specific reality. So I was just going to see, I was going to mention a couple of these quotes and see if they know which one said it. Or Rob, you could even guess which one said it, but I kind of want to see, you know, who they think, which ones might have said it. Y'all want to do that? Sure. Yeah, go ahead and do it. Okay. So I'm just going to do a few of them, Rob. Are you okay here, with here, that? Here, let me guess, because I think they probably know what they said okay, on yeah. TV. Okay, that's good. If let they, Rob they're famous guess club. first. Yeah. All right, okay. And then, right, and then see, see right. if they, they, okay. they know the right answer. Yeah. And we'll, okay, okay. All right, the first one is, quote, I never hated a single person there. We were just very different. Hmm. Um, I think that that's uh, Cindy said that. I think it was Mindy. Girls? 
No, because I hated people that were yeah. there. <laughs> Cindy. All right, so you said, all right, so Rob, you said Cindy said it. And no, but I could see you saying that. I mean, yeah, I can see myself saying that, but I, I, I mean, maybe I was just trying to be nice, but I, there were definitely people that I had great disdain for. So I'm going to go with Cindy because I just don't see myself saying Okay. I didn't hate Oh, my gosh. Watch. Okay, Mindy. Mindy, that was you. Mindy, you oh, said that. Oh, so Cindy, Cindy was the only one that was that. right. Oh, yeah, my gosh, yes. Nice All right, here's the next one. I just tried to be me and didn't do anything that wasn't me. Rob, who do you think said That's it? That's Mindy. Girls? Oh, I think that's me, Mindy. That was Mindy. That's right. Okay, okay. It was incomparable to any experience I had ever had in my life. Cindy. Yeah, that, that was Cindy. That was Cindy. That was Cindy. You got, it, you got it, Rob. You got it, Rob. Yeah, and that was before okay, she went um, to California. Yeah, that's right. All right. Um, let's see. I have the comfort of experience in being at home in a natural environment while my sister's game is beyond reason she has a talent for noticing the details and knowing exactly when and how to use those tools rob who do you think said that i said that i think that's cindy i said that about mindy okay sorry rob you're not playing anymore yep that's right cindy you said it okay let's see one more one more one more okay this is what one of them said rob after they were taken out of the game or however you want to say I was surprised I was eliminated. I didn't have a lot to say. I was emotionally void and heartbroken. Hmm. Oh, well, I think that's me. I yeah. think that's Mindy. Me. Yeah. Sorry, Rob, you're not playing. That was Mindy. Okay. I was very good. I All right. Great job, T Bird. I guess, yeah, probably said that in the moment. Yeah. Well, this is incredible. Cindy. That you came here, you captivated us all. That I, I think I can't wait to see how people react to hearing these harrowing tales. I think that people are going to say that I wasn't able to put my phone down for two hours. I, I, I got to where I was going and I sat in the car because <laughs> I, I know maybe the, the Pontiac Torrance out there and I didn't want to get out uh, even though I got where I was going. <laughs> uh, I mean, I know there's a lot more uh, parts to the story, but I, I think I covered the majority of the significant events. I just want people to realize that um, having that car available to me during this adventure really was um, a big deal. And on many occasions, having that car there, it did serve as a symbol to keep going and not give up. Because I came for a reason. I wanted to work for the San Diego Zoo. And despite all odds, I did accomplish that goal. And as Mindy said, it, it was very much like Survivor. I mean, against all odds, all these people applying, everyone telling me, you know, it, it's time to give up. It's been years. And I didn't. And it came to fruition. Um, it, it really did. Mm-hmm. That, it, it served as that symbol to me. So yeah. I'm really glad that I had it. And um, the cars had many adventures, so I think it's had a really good life. Yeah, and many more to come. Re- it's yes. a constant reminder of, hey, remember that other time you people thought that this will never happen, but then it did. Like mm-hmm. the car, every time she got in, I think was like, yeah, well, 
stranger things have happened. I got on Survivor. <laughs> I think that's probably why I can't let it go. It's always going to serve as that symbol to me of uh, you can do this and, and keep going because it's, the goal's just right on the other side. It's like another animal to you. It is. It's like a pet. You take care of it. it. Yeah. It is. It is. Yeah. It's, it is a pet. Yeah. Cindy, yeah. do you want to hear feedback from people after they listen to this story? Yeah, absolutely. Where, where's the best place for people to to reach you? I see uh, that this is you on on Twitter uh, at Survivor Zoo Twin. Gosh, she never even gets on yeah, Twitter but, anymore. I mean, I, uh, I'm what's the best her, like, Instagram? Yeah, Instagram and Facebook are the two uh, entities that she, I. She mostly Facebooks more than anything. Yeah, yeah my my sister's trying to get me. Cindy, have you reached out to your old friend, Rafe, and told him, Rafe, I have an idea for your next project. Sit down with me. I have a (laughs) screenplay for you. No, but that's not a bad idea. I've been thinking about Rafe a lot lately since we last talked because it it did bring some memories back for me that made me, you know, um, think that maybe, maybe I should reach out to him and, you know, Conversation He's a big time that. Hollywood um, player now. That maybe, and maybe if it's not even with him, if it's maybe he knows somebody. But wouldn't that be something if this all came full be. circle? And it this was a movie. Be, it would be. I, I think about him a lot, and maybe how I could have made some different moves, and how his uh, participation in those moves may have changed mm-hmm. the game for both of us. Yeah. So yeah, you know, I think this wonderful. is this is a series. This isn't a movie, Cindy. Rafe is so cool. Like, right. you, think him, you know that like he's definitely capable of bringing stories to life. Like, yeah, call call now. He actually Amazon. I think he knows. Yeah. So, uh, Am- that this could be a prime series. It could be. We got the first four seasons right right here on this podcast. Yes. <laughs> Listen, the details in between all of like what uh, this was long winded. Yeah. To say the least, but in between there, there are many stories that. Because I watch a lot of this stuff. Yeah. I, I really do think this is a series. Yeah. Really I think is. season one is just the trip to California. That's all. I that's just watching, season I'm one. Watching Big Sky, the big, I'm watching Big Sky right now. Mm-hmm. And oh my God. all the elements that yeah. could be. Oh my gosh. Cindy. If I was Cindy, that's so story, crazy. I want to see like the next episode. I'd be like, wait, she's in the canyon. She's holding the horses up. There's fog in the distance. The sun is starting to break. And then that's the next episode. <gasps> Cindy, listen, I have to tell you this. When you were telling the story about the, um, what was it? What, one of the stories when you were saying all of a sudden the, um, the, um, the guy that was coming in, park ranger was coming up to you. I'm like, oh my God, that sounds like the guy on Big Sky. And yeah, I was thinking that. Like and that I kept, oh my gosh, I, I know. I kept thinking about that. And you, and I watch all this Dateline stuff. And when you were talking about going up to the car with the couple, with the, with Big Tomcat, and I'm like, oh, dear Lord. So but when you were saying the one thing, I was thinking about the Big Sky guy. Exactly who I was thinking about. So was I. I was thinking also about 48 Hours Mystery. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, oh my God. gosh. Okay, I got to ask. Okay, so Rob, let me ask him this because this okay. is kind of our holiday. This is kind of our holiday edition, and I'm so excited to have y'all both together. So I want to know to what is y'all's favorite holiday traditions, being twins, and, and you're so close. What's your favorite holiday tradition together? Uh, <laughs> what is our favorite holiday tradition? <laughs> um, we like to come up with a special cocktail of the 
season. I mean, for the past like month, we've been sending each other like special Christmas cocktail recipes because we have to have like a signature drink for the night. Yeah, it is. We do come up with a signature drink for like that Christmas Eve. Yeah, like some kind of a craft cocktail that we make and we like make it look all pretty. Um, I don't know. That's a that's a pretty fun tradition that we do together. But that's like more recent. Is there anything like we're little that we always do? Well, here's one. Cindy always likes to wrap. We like to wrap our presents to each other. <laughs> we will never use traditional gift wrap, and it's always kind of. I mean, it's really in the interest of being. <laughs> um, what sort of like looking for? Trying to conserve gift wrap and not be wasteful, but honestly, it's a contest as to who can wrap a present the coolest and not use traditional gift wrap, like i.e., like a newspaper bags, feed sacks, whatever yeah. you have available, like a subway, like a subway, really, a subway bag, it, yeah, like a subway bag, whatever you have available, make it look really cool. And I think at first it was more like, hey, let's be conservative and like help the environment, but now it's just every year is like. What can I do with what I have on hand, and how cool can I make it? And what is Mindy going to do, and what is Cindy going to do? Like, it it becomes a contest of who's wrapping. Is the we don't put names on our presents. We, we put don't. them under the tree, and my mom will go and like gather the presents and start to like hand them out, and she has no idea who they go to because there's no we use code names. Yeah, we write code names on them, and she has to figure out who that is. <laughs> so, okay. All right, well, yeah. we, we expect to see that on your Instagram. Send us, please, take yes. some pictures of your paper, okay. your wrapping paper, so and, we can oh, see yeah, it. So that, yeah. yeah. And then what about you, Mindy? Where can people uh, find you? Um, I mostly am on my Instagram, and that's at Mindy L. Hall. And then um, I use Twitter as well. I think that's Mindy L. Hall as well. I'm like, oh, no, that's Mindy Rock of Love. And then Facebook is just me right isn't it just many all i think so i think so um but uh any of those they're all connected whatever people feel like doing okay. i have a business page on <laughs> okay, uh, facebook also and instagram yes what is that one it's wild hoof and hand at wild hoof and hand okay at wild hoof, wild hoof and hand and y'all are both on Twitter. What's your Twitter? Because Rob gets has a lot of followers on Twitter. So give us both your Twitters. Yeah, Mindy Rock of Love and, and Survivor Zoo Twin. Oh, that's yep. right. Okay, good, good, good. Great, great. I hate that it has that Rock of Love connotation, but I started it that way and just mm-hmm. never changed it. But you know what? It's going to haunt me forever. Mm-hmm. It is what it is. Yeah. Kind of like Frank. Kind of like Frank haunts Cindy. Sometimes yeah. there's that one. There's that Maybe one he guy. hated his real name too. That's why he had to give a different name. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Right. Not because I mean for no reason other than we really just don't even want to give him credit or recognition in any way for no. being a part of this story. That's really the only reason. Mm-hmm. We don't think he's going to hunt us down or anything. He knows how to find us. But like, I just don't want to give that guy any recognition whatsoever. Mm-hmm. No, neither do I. <laughs> yeah, we we hate Frank. <laughs> Hey Frank. Yeah. <laughs> hey Frank knew what he was signing up for. I don't feel sorry for him. Yeah. He crossed the country with someone he knew for six months that wanted to haul two horses, a giant tortoise, and four I mean, cats. Who would do that, really? But yeah, who would do that? Mm-hmm. He knew he signed up for. I don't feel sorry for him. That's mm-hmm. what happens when you meet people on MySpace and they move across the country after one date. <laughs> Must have been one hell of a date. 
almost everyone that Cindy's ever dated has like changed their entire existence after one date. Well, just Cindy. Is that true? Oh, wow, that's strong. One date with Cindy and people just I'm, completely just change their lives. I'm gullible. Yeah. Um, so it sounds like it sounds like that you're so alluring. No. She's a Cindy, unicorn. we need to get I don't think so. Cindy, we need to get I you think, on the I Bachelorette. It's, it's novel it's and the magic beginning. creature. In the beginning, my lifestyle being so different is novel. And then when people realize this is the way it is 24-7, the novelty wears off and they want to just go be with a regular girl. <laughs> Why, I stayed for you're four so years. exciting. Is that is that what it is? Uh, my lifestyle every day is not what anyone would expect. It's it's kind of uh, a little unpredictable on a daily basis. And when I come home from work, I have things to talk about my day at work. You need somebody that can keep up with you. About. Yeah. I think also um, it comes with when she gives you any of her time because it's so few and far between that she has spare time. You kind of know you're important because if she makes time for you, you know it's because she really had to try to make that time. Well, we feel very important that you made all this time for us to talk about this. I'm so glad that we did this. The only thing that makes Cindy um, take out spare time in her day is anything Survivor-related. Good. Survivor animals. Yeah. Well, we appreciate you spending the time here with us because this was such a great story. and uh, We were on the edge of our seat the whole time. We're so happy you made (laughs) it safe back home from California. I haven't thought about about that stuff in a really long time, so that was kind of cool. Yeah. Well, thank you again, Cindy. Is there anything else that you want people to know? Take care of animals. Rescue animals. Don't mm-hmm. shop. Adopt. Don't shop. <laughs> oh, that's good. Yeah. Adopt. Don't shop. Okay. Seriously, though, there's so many animals that need homes. I mean, Griffin's proof that there's just so many friends out there waiting for somebody to love them. I don't know. I just think right now people really need to consider the impact that they're having on the people around them and the planet that we exist on. I mean, we're all connected and we, we mm-hmm. need to care about everything. If we want to come out of this the right way. All right. Cindy and Mindy, thank you both so much. This was wonderful. Thank you. Thanks a lot. Okay. Take care. Thank you, Cindy and Mindy. Thank you so much. Bye. And happy holidays. Happy holidays. Okay. Bye. Cheers. Bye. Bye. All right, T Bird. There you go. (laughs) But that was wild. Mindy Hall. That was was wild. wild. What a storyteller. Yeah, I know. It was incredible. Yeah, I've got a feeling she's got an adventure. I think she can make an adventure out of everything she does every day. Uh, I think so. But uh, that was a harrowing uh, trip. I, I would have lost a couple <laughs> of animals along the way. I would have said, well, I, st- I still have two cats left. All right. I still got a tortoise. I'm good. All right. Let's keep going. <laughs> yeah, but she might have lost one or two, but she kept picking them up along the way mm-hmm. as well. So, yeah. Well, uh, well I tell you T-Bird, what. T-Bird, incredible. Yeah, she's special. People that reach out and have such compassion and love for animals are special, special people. Yeah. So, All right. That is definite. T-Bird, uh, anything else that you want to tell the listeners today? Oh, I think enough has been said. Mm-hmm. I don't even know how to top anything we've already heard. <laughs> I'm just going to stop right now. Yeah. All right. <laughs> what well, about you? Uh, no, I just I'm I'm blown away, and uh, I'm just I'm never gonna travel cross country with horses. Not gonna do it. 
No, you shouldn't have learned that. You should have learned you don't pay the guy that's carrying, that's bringing him. What am I trying to say? The trailer guy. The trailer guy. The driver. Yeah. The trailer guy until you get to where you're going. Okay. Makes it makes sense. Uh, T-Bird, you have big holiday plans. Well, just family, just yeah, being around, it, you know, close, small. intimate family. Yeah. Keep it, keeping it very small. And oh. how about you? Yeah, I mean, it's just going to be the the same as every other day around here, T Bird. Yeah. Yeah. Well, maybe I'm no so podcasting. We can... Yeah. Well, that's good. Yeah. Spend time with those boys and your beautiful wife. Yes. <laughs> All right. Well, You'll have some good stories when we start back. None as good as Cindy Hall. Deck the halls. That's well, what we'll call this podcast. Yes! Deck the Halls with Cindy and Mindy. Deck the Halls. That's perfect. Hold it. Hold it. Yeah. All right. I'll get that's my marketing perfect. team. When you see wait, when you see that tweet, then you'll know that that's the, this is where the inspiration happened. Yes. All right. Deck the Halls. Perfect. Follow T-Bird Cooper. We'll be back in 2021 with more. 2021. With T-Bird. And uh, T-Bird's always up for more suggestions. Yes. Okay. Excited about 2021. So send them in. Send them to me. All right. Send them in. We'll be back with more talking with T Bird. Have a very happy new year, T Bird. Happy new year, Rob. Take care, everybody. Have a good one. Bye. 